You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 180th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Spencer in Boston. I am coming to you solo right now because uh, we decided uh, we're taking the week off. You know, it's a, it's a holiday week, Thanksgiving uh, here in the U.S. states. Uh, that's for our European listener. Um, so there's a lot going on and uh, and in our lives, in our personal lives, and not a lot going on in the cycling world, uh, aside from cyclocross, if you think that that is uh, a sport. Um so we decided to uh, do a little bit of a throwback episode here, and uh, we've compiled some clips, uh, a few greatest hits, if you will, um, from past episodes uh, from maybe, uh, you know, before your time. Or maybe uh, they'll just be a nice trip down memory lane for you. I don't know. Um, but I spent some time uh, searching around, finding a few good ones here um, that should be pretty entertaining for you. Um, so please enjoy. Uh, and then uh, towards the end, I'm going to throw in... Uh, a big, big section of uh, an interview that we did with Eric Saunders. Um, it was an early episode, episode 53. Um, so pretty early on in our podcasting career, the sound quality, uh, not as good as, as, as our production levels now, thanks to the support from uh, Wide Angle Podium and, and the supporters uh, of the network. Um, but it was a great interview. Uh, Eric Saunders is a great dude, uh, kind of a legend in U.S. cycling in the crit scene and, um, you know, was a national champion on the track for a little while in the Madison. Um, but he has, uh, always full of opinions and has some great stories. He raced, uh, professionally in Europe for a while as well. So you'll hear all that. It'll be a bit of a truncated, uh, version of that interview, but if you're, if you're into it and you want to hear the whole thing, Episode 53, you can go back in the archives on, on Apple Podcasts and, and find that one and uh, check it out. Anyway, uh, without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the 93rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes coming at you from Pensacola, Florida. Hey, this Woo! is Matt, a uh, little guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, of course, this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim, what are you doing in Pensacola? Well, guys, I am on the ground, and I am uh, doing everything I can to... I'm doing everything that I can to... Are you uh, Are you uh, making a run for the border? Are you leaving Florida no, right now? Th- no, but there's a... <laughs> you should <laughs> there's be. A, no, there's a bum outside my window of my car. Hold on a second. <laughs> No, I I have nothing. <coughs> so, anyways, guys, don't lie to him, lovely Tim. Pensacola, Man. Florida. <laughs> it there. sounds no. like a great place. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm outside of Stephen Hyde's um, favorite hangout in town, mm-hmm. and um, it's the vegan punk bar in downtown called Sluggos, where he is a popular figure. Heard lots of stories. Um, okay. You know, really trying to. I'm in town to get the feeling of Stephen Hyde. 
because Crosshairs Radio did a really good interview with uh, a really great interview with Stephen Hyde. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to learn more about this guy, learn more about the future of American cyclocross, the top right. placed American at the world championships. There, I said it. Is, um, <laughs> is the vibe at Sluggo's kind of like the vibe in Gainesville? Like a lot of, a lot of crusty punks wintering down there? Seasonal? Yeah. Snowbird yes, punks? Definitely a lot of seasonal uh, <laughs> punks down here just kind of hanging out. Lots yeah. of dogs I feel bad for um, that are uh, a lot of blue healers outside. Yep. Locked so. outside. <laughs> cool. Um, that's cool. What, do you like, have you got anything to eat there? Stephen Hyde's recommendation. Uh, to I had a, I had some barbecue Satan or Satan. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Oh, what do you you're, 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 your, research, your research is going pretty deep there, Tim. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like I, I, Hey guys, I even had some carrot sticks. Whoa, the, the only vegetable. <laughs> Holy shit. The only problem you really are I see deep with undercover. This, yeah. The only problem I'm seeing with this is that you mentioned you were in your car and you didn't hop a train to get there. But uh, other than uh, that, yeah. nailing cred, it. And I, did, and, I didn't give the, and I didn't give the bum 25 cents that just uh, knocked on my window in the middle of recording. Well, yeah, does no, that see, man know? Don't you have your red light on? Proper etiquette would be to not give him any money, but to give him a cigarette instead. All right. All right. Good that's, point. That's. Yeah. Hey guys, we can talk all we want about Stephen Hyde. Maybe I'll sprinkle in some uh, knowledge I have uh, since learned. Some but, tidbits. Uh, I like people it. People come here for not only professional cycling knowledge and expertise, but also for expertise in normal cycling situations. And the first thing we want to say is that people asked us to critique the women's professional cycling kits because we yeah. did give a. Uh, you know, a lots of time, airtime to the men's. And yep. we are going to be doing that on the next episode of the podcast. There's a great website that has the entire listing and a, um, mm-hmm. a survey, uh, prowomencycling.com. Yep. And uh, so we will be getting to that when, uh, and when we are, we're going to, so we're very excited. I'm just going to say, we're going to get deep into that because right now, silence uh, pro cycling is leading that survey. And that is like pretty much the worst kid out there. So, that's all we'll give you for now, but uh, look for that next week. There are some pretty cool kits out there, so you know we're we're pretty excited. So we will be doing that. And Spencer, speaking yeah. of kits, though, there is one situation. Our I don't want to say friends because we don't know who they are, and they do go to the University of Michigan. Have mm. hit us up on email at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail They wanted to give us a shout out, so um, give a shout out to. I think it's uh, the Twitter handles. At U of Michigan State Cycling, um, very important uh, uh, university there. Much very. better than that University of Michigan um, team. Spartans. Yeah. So, Spencer, <laughs> what was the uh, what was the question from Michigan State uh, Cycling? Well, yeah, we got uh, we got an interesting one, and uh, you know, it's something that I'm sure we're we're all near and dear to our hearts here uh, with kit design. Um, so the the Michigan cycling team, they have a, a dilemma <clears throat> where they're trying to design their 2017 kit. Uh, and they said their kit, you know, doesn't stray too much away from the classic uh, yellow and blue block M Michigan look. Um, oh, we're talking about Michigan, not Michigan State. How about I get it mixed up all the time. My fault. Yeah. I'll just have to f- fix that in post for you so you don't sound like a fool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, uh, 
So they say, while we respect the tradition and simplicity of this look, we tire of buying what is essentially the same kit year after year. Um, so knowing that uh, that we are true kit design uh, aficionados, uh, they're looking for suggestions of what they could do to, you know, stand, I've out, stand out in the collegiate crowd, I guess. So this has already been done before. The University Standing of out. Florida, yeah, yeah, because the University of Florida has their classic blue and orange, and usually it's an F for the Gators, yeah, or you know, like the Florida Gators or whatever. So they went the route, and this is when friend of the podcast Ryan Fisher was involved with the team and Rick Bunning and Lavin Hagen, that they they went all out and did um, a mixture of kits. They've done Argyle, they have done Paisley with little Gator heads, and they switched it up every year. That it was so unique to the point that. Every year, someone wanted to buy the kit that it became the unique kit in the Peloton um, rather than being a, uh, you know, the same kit every year. So they just went all out and switched it up. So to University of Michigan Cycling, what I would say, um, don't copy University of Florida because they're a far superior team. And also, they did such a great job of supporting their local bike shop that uh, it should be noted that if you're going to do the University of Michigan, what you should do is just do horizontal stripes of blue and yellow all the way from the bottom of the shorts to the top. No. It will look great. Be a it little bit like stupid. a bumblebee. Horizontal? Be oh, no. oh, horizontal. Um, it's okay. slimming. It's, it's fantastic. Okay. It's not very slimming. Okay. Hey, for I, University see, of Michigan it is. Here's, here's what I'm thinking, <laughs> Tim. And, and maybe you guys remember. Do you guys remember the fish? The fish the, oh, my God, I can't say it. The fish jersey from the Balta a few years ago. Oh, yeah. The oh, sprinter's yeah. lead jersey. Yeah. It's, it was yeah. like a yellowish jersey with little fish or whatever on it. They can do kind of a feeling of the fish where they have a yellow jersey and then a whole bunch of little M's floating all over it. Lots of little oh. small M's like little fish all over the jersey. And then you can just do the uh, the dark the dark shorts with the nice M on the side. Nice what about, and classy, nice and simple, nice and fishy. Okay. What about instead of fishes, wolverines? See that was that, their that was the, <laughs> that, that was the only direction I could go in my brain was like Wolverines, and then I was like, oh, you could just license Wolverine from Marvel and or DC or whatever it is. Yeah, that and, should be cheap, right? Yeah, and it should be fine. Well, but that would be borderline primal wear jersey though. Like if you had <laughs> like be. a like be. a Wolverine with like slashing, or uh, it could be like but, what about that? It yeah. Could be, the Wolverine slashing the M's to like it's actually like skin toned in little pieces oh, where the, uh, the jersey's been ripped. Yeah. That has, isn't that like what they're? I feel like that's a, a look that some other uh, sport. Well, see, this that brings up a, an interesting thing, Tim. Is like the primal jerseys we're referring to, you know, of the the mechanical armored frog and like these classic stupid jerseys that they had that were like you know, various jungle animals in, in really ridiculous scenes um, that were supposed to be tough and cool. And they, they were. Kinda, they kind of died out in the mid-2000s when, you know, I don't know, people figured it out that there were other jerseys they could buy. Is it time for a comeback? Is oh. that is it oh. is it been long enough that you can throw back to that oh. era? Probably like tongue-in-cheek. Unfortunately, you know, I bet as it is. A, I may be a little bit biased here, and you may think that my bias would say, no, it is not time for a comeback, <laughs> but it may be time for a comeback. I would um, think you're saying that because you probably have like a Frogman <laughs> primal jersey in your 
in your like at the bottom of the pile and you've been you've been worried about bringing it out and you're just trying to find a way to justify it to bring it this back is, this idea has legs spencer so it does actually, it's got two legs here's what i put out there you guys can you guys can second this idea and then uh, table this discussion i say that the three of us um, provide on twitter a few primal wear jersey designs uh-huh. that the University of Michigan can then adopt for their team. Just throw a couple of little logos on there. It's not like any of those college kids are going to spend money any anyway. I mean, see, well, see, I'm are, thinking right spend now. Their parents' money. Off, <laughs> off the bat, I'm thinking tuxedo look jersey. Oh, so that's terrible. that's bursting that's open. That's no, 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 no. That's bursting open with a Wolverine, an actual animal of the Wolverine coming out, not the Marvel character. So a Wolverine and bursting through a tuxedo. Bursting the through, Wolverine like, was out wearing of your the chest. Tuxedo? No, no, Wait, no, bursting no out. Was it, a, was it a bunch of Wolverines stacked on top of each other? It so could be, it could like be several human. Wolverines, yes. <laughs> that could be good. Several yeah. Wolverines bursting out through the tuxedo shirt along with a lot of confetti and like rainbows and things. That is that is my suggestion. So, wait, and you want probably the jersey an M on there to look like like at a football game when they put up that big paper wall and then yes. the team bursts <laughs> through it? You want yeah. the jersey to basically be the wall mid burst? Yes, except yeah, instead of football players, it'll be Wolverines, Wolverines popping that's, through. Yeah, no, obviously. And the tuxedo will be navy, and the shirt, the tuxedo shirt, will be yellow. It'll be perfect. Uh, it's gonna be great. Fan, fan t- I, hey, I think that's it gonna be good. busy. I don't know how you're gonna pull that off. I like oh, it. Well, see, I'm going to turn it down. It'll just, have, it'll just have black shorts, so it'll be fine. Oh, so, yeah, well, there you go, then. Well, I think for more on this, we should go to our senior road race reporter, Spencer Howe, uh, with an update from the road racing scene in the Northeast. Spencer? Hey, guys. Uh, oh, hey. Me. Yeah, I'm tuning in uh, live from Boston. Um, oh, okay, cool. Heard you guys need some updates on road racing. Yeah. Yeah, you're our senior reporter. Yeah, you, you we, were embedded. Experienced these? You you were oh. an embedded reporter? Yeah, I went I went I actually went deep undercover into the road racing scene here in New England, guys. Uh I don't know if uh if I, it's safe for me to reveal my identity yet. Uh I was racing under a pseudonym. Um mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah, it was Okay. <laughs> I was racing under the, I was racing under the name Lukewarm. Um <laughs> It wasn't Tom Boonin. You were just racing no. with Tom Boonin's license. No, it wasn't Tom Boonin. <laughs> so road racing, believe it or not, contrary to what we were led to believe uh, prior to this deep, uh, long uh, investigation I did, it is alive and well, guys. Really? Yeah. But So even, even though no one's seen it or heard of it, it's, no, they've it's gone, real. It they've gone exists. underground. Yeah, deep but underground. the, the okay. scene is there and it's thriving. Uh, in middle school parking lots all across the country, road races are being staged and and setting out on 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 miles Boring and miles loops. long roads, paved roads, guys, for miles on end. No, were there any? So I, I've heard in the past that they only turn one direction. Is that still true? That is true. They turn left. No, that's wrong. They turn right. They turn right. Yeah, because they so, don't want to have to deal with the intersections very much. Yeah. So, good. Spencer, in your embedded report that you um, experienced, and my understanding, uh, lukewarm undercover, signed up for a race. Undercover reporting. Uh, yeah. And you were, you were in the field. Did you 
were you able to ride in the Peloton the entire time? Were you off the front or were you in the convoy of cars? Well, I tried to experience all asset, all aspects of the race. Uh, from, from the very beginning, um, I, uh, I explored the parking lot area and the registration it seemed, uh, pretty straightforward. Um, I was going to, uh, I was going to try and pee in the bushes at the middle school, uh, where this to event get was full staging. Experience. But as it turns out, there were, there were numerous, uh, Porta Johns there. Uh, so I did not actually have to go that route, which is, uh, a far cry from what I've heard about yeah, road racing. Um, um, good. That's good. Um, That's why you paid your $47, right? 50 <laughs> <laughs> Now, Spencer, I can hear you Plus loud and clear, but, fees. but um, I... I I don't know if um, if that's paper I hear crumpling in the background or if you're um, taking your race number off the jersey. Uh, can you please tell us about the experience of, oh, uh, of race it's... numbers and how they could tell what place you got in the race without yeah. a timing chip? Yeah. Yeah. So, Tim, that was definitely not uh, a race number you heard crumpling because that is against the rules in road racing. You cannot crumple your number. Uh, I've been told this on multiple occasions by Twitter, Instagram, and in person. Uh, so that is that is one thing you need to know as a road racer is don't crumple your numbers. Um, as far as the racing itself, uh, yeah, the, the pack the pack was large. It was fast. It was uh, it was clean shaven. It was shiny and uh, and it, it went uphill surprisingly fast, um, faster than this reporter was prepared to go. And uh, um, so. So while I, while I did experience some some Peloton, they call it the Peloton. It's French. Um, <laughs> that's a throwback from a throwback era. Um, it, it was it was a it was a it was a, an experience like none other. You guys, there was no gravel, there was no dust. It was it was just uh, clean shaven, smooth bodies rolling in mass until 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 they disappeared in the distance in front of me. Um, when, when, uh, Spencer, I'm trying to picture what's going on here. Were you able to ride on the full width of the road? Um, did you have cops? Like, how did you manage to navigate the two abreast law that just is all over the United States when you're in a rolling mass? I believe you called it, was it the Peloton? Yes, Peloton. That's right, Tim. Um, so the uh, the laws of the land are actually set aside uh, by the local governances there. Um, in this this there is a there is a yellow line down the middle of these paved uh, paths, really wide paths that uh, there's some metal um, beasts that, that roar past every once in a while, but uh, um, they seem to be at bay most of the time by by the local uh, law enforcement. Um, so it seemed to to go off, um, you know, in in full acknowledgement of the of the municipalities there. Yeah. So after they rode off into the distance, um, did you stop and re yeah. did you stop and regather yourself when they came around a second time? Was it, um, or did you return to the um, <laughs> did you return to the uh, the parking lot to get post race interview? Like what what did you do? Yeah. So. Um, as they disappeared uh, over the horizon and the sun was setting, you know, uh, I, I started to feel the, the wind, the side winds really, really hitting me. Um, that was a, an experience that I did not get within the Peloton. Um, so that, I think that might have something to do with with the situation that is road racing. Um, 
I'm going to have to do more research into that. As, as, I, as you guys know, this is live breaking uh, news right now. So I'll get more details on that as, as we get uh, further along here in the process. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I continued on um, uh, because, you know, I've read, I've read the stories. Uh, I've read Tyler Hamilton's book. Um, about just gritting it out and really just trying to keep on uh, through the through the suffering. Um, so I did that for an entire lap uh, by myself, and then uh, before I, I tried to pull off uh, to get some post race interviews um, for the for the leaders of the race who were surely far far up these paved roads. Um, I didn't see any gravel anywhere, uh, no disc brakes, um, and uh, no evidence of motors, uh, so far as I could tell. Um, wow. so what well, place did you get? Uh, I was not ranked in the results, um, <laughs> due to, <laughs> due to, your due, to my, status, due to my, due to my undercover nature. Yeah. Uh, this, the loot, you will not find lukewarm in those results anywhere. Uh, I don't know if I was, uh, outed by, uh, um, uh, the authorities or if, or, or if my, uh, made up, uh, license number of uh, one two three four five six seven was uh, discovered to be uh, in fact fabricated. Wow. Well, thank you, Spencer. This is very, um, very informative and, and very important story to follow and and to really get to the bottom of. And we really appreciate mm -hmm. you uh, taking the risks uh, out there in the field. This is the sort of things you can expect from the slow ride and the wide angle podium. Uh, guys, guys, I I might have to go. There's a knock at my door. It could be Usada. I'm not sure. Oh, um, no. They're here. <laughs> so, I showed up. I hadn't ridden any mountain bike races in a long time. I hadn't finished one in three years, and I just somehow got 13th. Like, what the hell? That, nice. I would have like I would have like murdered somebody for 13th a few years ago when I was out there every week trying, and then I just like rode better than I've almost ever ridden out there. It was weird. It was super weird. It was all that uh was all that mountain bike skills you gained in Vermont. I suppose. I suppose. Um but the Klein performed flawlessly as always. Uh That's good. Just, what can you say about well, uh, a bike that's perfect? Uh, all eight all eight of those speeds were clicking, you know, right right back and forth where they needed to be. Yeah. You, this is surprising to people. Nice. You actually don't need more than eight speeds. You just don't. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have three chain rings up front. Yeah, when you have three chain rings, you have plenty of time. I, I, you I know I you only don't. Have two chain rings. <laughs> you don't even, even then. You don't need. You don't need any more. It just uh, doesn't. I don't understand. But um, <laughs> that's my client corner. Uh, oh no, I've got something else. Client corner. Spencer, you remember the moose poop racing guy? Yes. I do. All right, so, so everyone who doesn't know this guy, there's this guy at Buckhill every Thursday night. He always rides a Klein that he is custom painted. It says Moose Poop Racing on the down tube. He has a custom airbrushed jersey that says Moose yep. Poop Racing. And yep. the top tube, one side says something like Save the Penguins. I don't know what the other side says. Um, this guy has a website, so everybody check it out, Moose Poop Racing. Just search for that. You'll you'll be happy. Hey, yeah, you can't you not did. find it, yeah. Yeah, you can't not find it. It'll be the first one. Um <laughs> It it's amazing. He has quite the climb collection, but the, this broke my heart. I rode past him in uh, warm ups, uh -huh. and uh, he wasn't on a climb. What? Yeah, I know. Well, I gave him a wave of the hand, and I said, "What?" I gave said, I gave you my climb wave, and you're not on a climb. I need to take I, that back, sir. I was yeah, I was hurt. You know, um, 
I thought he was my brother in Klein. I didn't see another Klein out there. So that was a little heartbreaking. Uh, the only other cool bike there, there's like 500 bikes there, and they were all shitty, except there was one dude on a breezer. That's all right. That's pretty cool. We had a moment, so, like, what's up? So that's Klein Corner. Do do do. Hey, um, at DG After Dark says, hey, all bike riding henceforth geared towards training for Almanzo 100 on May 20th, 2017. I will yep. high five any and all slow oh ride pods. The slow ride podcast hosts that show. I'll probably be the only one there. Yep, double high five for that. Um, it guys, I'll, I'll there was actually a pretty big um, news story that is broke. It, is it mis- is it Mr. Moose dot org, which is Moose Poop Racing's website? Yeah. Because yeah. oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. You gotta go over so, there. I think you're right, yeah. He's got he's got an archive of all the airbrush jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> they're unbelievable. He's got all the airbrush jerseys. Uh he's Mr. got all the clients he's owned. He's also got a yeah. section on like his travel uh, oh, that he's amazing. done and his art and his hang gliding. Let's not forget the fact that he's also a hang glider. What's the, what's the address here? It it's is Mr. Moose dot org. Yeah, Mr. Moose dot org. Uh, okay, so M I S T E R. Oh, guys, that is amazing. Listeners, when you go over to this, just you see this guy, and and if you know me now, if you've met me now, or you you feel like you know me because of this deep relationship we formed over the airwaves, know that this is who I will be in a few years. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when I'm now headed into my mid thirties, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 gonna have to become an adult soon. It's just gonna have to happen. You gotta, it's well, beyond I my control. This is this is an amazing website. The, so oh, this is it. This this website is good. MrMoose.org. Um, I'm really into this uh, airbrush jersey here with the uh, Team Moose Poop on the front, but it's got the penguin. I don't know what's up with the penguin, but it's there. And on the side, yeah. it says Warrior of the Turtles. It's yeah, there you turtle. go. Where are you guys finding the jerseys on here? Oh, uh, there's you... a jersey section, I think. Yeah. But if you go to the bike section, the bike that he always rode at, He's got all these bikes, but the bike he was always on that I saw um, at the races was this 96 Klein Attitude <laughs> Team Moose Poop Special Edition. Um, and he was on a bike painted similarly at the race, but it was definitely not uh, It was not this well, frame. He, Klein's he are getting brakes. hard to find, you know? He was on a bike with disc brakes. It certainly did not have the sweet oh. bullseye cranks. It was, it Gentlemen. was Gentlemen, I... <clears throat> This may be the greatest thing we've ever discovered. Listeners, MrMoose.org, click on bikes, airbrush jerseys. Give this guy his support. Email him. Let him know that, that he is now the hero of this podcast. Little guy, this is you in a few years. Um, yep. I hope so. Got, oh, my God. Do you God. see the one that says, I fought the log? And it's, oh, got, yeah. it's got a moose just chilling, taking a nap on one side with a like a big note underneath it, like a musical note, because that moose is obviously chill. And then it, on the arms it says, I fought the log, and the log won. Yep. And on the other end, there's, like, a big buff dude holding the tree because he chopped it down. He might have somebody's head in his hand. That's a little confusing what's going on in that picture. So, guys, <laughs> let me just give a taste to our listeners what we're talking about here. I'm looking at a picture of a airbrush jersey that's got a turtle, a penguin, and a moose on it. And it says Team Moose Poop. And this is the, this is the copy that was written. This was airbrushed by Vital Signs in Verona, Wisconsin. They were recommended by a local bike shop. I took a look at their portfolio and showed him the quality I was looking for. And he said, no problem. When I saw the quality, my first reaction was that it looked like it was done in some 
someone in high school. He basically copied the <laughs> Eagle Nest Lodge shirt. When the guy who recommended him saw it, he said, well, it's certainly not the best work he's ever done. So the airbrusher <laughs> was a putz, but I've worn the shirt for many years, even though it's my least favorite. That is the quality. This Guys, this website, this is better than anything I've ever seen from like GeoCities time. Did you yeah. spe- do you guys notice that that first jersey it's 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 white with that like uh turquoise on it it looks a lot like like just physically as a jersey uh like that pink jersey that I wore for years that uh, I yeah. dumpstered you, you Doesn't it look like it's the same brand of whatever Is he a good racer? I don't, no, I don't no, know. Little guy, that, I think you're right on that jersey looking yeah, a little I bit like yours. Yeah, I think it's the same, like the cotton middle, I like had, it's fully cotton with the synthetic side. I had the same thought, though, uh, just a few moments ago when you were describing the moose uh, drawing uh, airbrushed on the back of the other jersey. The yeah. moose reclining under the tree is wearing a pink and white jersey that looks exactly oh, like yeah. the one you used to wear every time. He is. Oh, man, I'm that moose. You might be that moose. I'm in the mood. <laughs> it's totally wearing my jersey. All right, and he cool. wasn't. I'll, I'll and he wasn't up. racing a Klein. No, not, this last week this he time. wasn't racing a Klein. So I mean, he's. I'm sure he's. He's obviously still the coolest person who's ever existed. That is true. I mean, look at this bike collection. It's out of control. <laughs> it's so good. He's got. And they, when he doesn't, when he's not rocking Kleins on here, the only other bikes on here. There's a Salsa Mucklock in here, which I'll just pretend I didn't see that. There's <laughs> three, three bike, three American mountain bikes people don't know i think they're from oh, yeah. st cloud they're basically a yep. local aluminum mountain bike company from the early 90s so um extremely cool especially around here if you're rocking one of those so. yeah absolutely yeah that is a that is a hot number there for the klein corner little guy wow yeah oh that man. is that is big news biggest news of the weekend for sure that's good well no the biggest news of the weekend was was in fact tweeted to us by Atlant Softly, friend of the podcast, Michael Bone Gamer. This is like the Slow Ride Podcast bingo, and it's just the Instagram link. <laughs> and you open up the Instagram photos, Ben, so you know what I'm talking about. I Little do. guy still doesn't understand how Twitter and Instagram work. And it's a picture yeah. from Aspen. Now, little guy, I'm going to... Is that where Lance Armstrong lives? Okay, Lance Armstrong's in the picture. What two other riders... <laughs> On the Slow Ride Podcast Bingo, do you no. think would be in the picture with Lance Armstrong mountain biking wow. in Aspen? Both of them? Oh, well, TJ Van Garderen for Yes, one. totally. Yes, nailed it. I can't it. believe he'd go mountain nailed biking. It. it. seems nailed way too it. dangerous. And then George Hincapie. Yes. Oh, it, this, two for two. <laughs> I, move, I move at this Slow Ride Podcast meeting that the picture on our Twitter page now be changed to this amazing picture of George Hincapie, Lance Armstrong, and TJ Van Garderen. I'm glad you say that. Future. Because right. I'm already yeah. working on it. <laughs> um, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale Cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Hey guys, just Spencer here, breaking in again uh, with a little pre-lap update. Uh, as you know, uh, the uh, the Slow Ride podcast is supported by the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, a network of podcasts. Uh, if you enjoy this show, you will find another show on that network that you also enjoy, um, whether it's Crosshairs Radio or Consummate Athlete or We Got to Hang Out or Bike Shop CX. Um Tons and tons of great shows on there. Um, Myerson Line podcast, another one. It's just 
if you if you need a one-stop shop for all the top quality cycling podcast content out there, just head over to wideanglepodium.com, check it out. Uh, if you like what you find there, you can support us by becoming a member uh, of the network and um, you know kicking over some funds our direction. You can split that up amongst the shows that you uh, enjoy, and it's a pretty great thing. So thank you for that. Um, we are also supported, though, by Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company that uh, celebrates uh, the health conscious and rewards you for... Um, for making smart choices, for making healthy choices, for riding your bike, for just being a healthy individual. You can save up to 25%. Um, you save 4 uh, 4% right off the bat by uh, passing a little quiz on their website, which you can find at healthiq.com slash slowride. Go over there, take the little quiz. You'll ace it, I know, and you're instantly saving money. And then you can add on top of that. You stack all these discounts. Uh, Oh, are you riding 50 miles a week? Bang, that's a discount. Oh, are you doing this, that, the other thing? Bang, more discounts. And you save money. And uh, they're growing. They're blowing up, actually. Uh, They just got a bunch more funding. You've seen them written up in Forbes and in all these places. So it's, uh, you know... It's a really cool thing. We're glad that they have uh, been on board with the with the Slow Ride podcast and with the Wide Angle Podium Network uh, for a long time now, for like over a year. So they've given us big, big support. Uh, the least you could do for us is go check it out, healthiq.com slash slowride, and just learn a little bit more. Uh, check out their FAQs, figure out what they're all about. Uh, we think that you will find some great info there, like uh, family history, forgiveness. You know, they're not... They're not dinging you for things that uh, other folks in your family have done in the past, uh, health, health-wise. You know, they're looking at you and your lifestyle and uh, getting you great savings uh, because of that. So, healthiq.com slash slowride. Uh, find out uh, more and uh, and get yourself a quote. All right, and the last point of business is Wide Angle Podium Kits. Uh, they are on sale. You can find a link to the store on our website, uh, wideanglepodium.com. They are great-looking kits. We're taking pre-orders right now. It's open for a couple more weeks, so uh, get those orders in if you want some. I don't think we're gonna have extras. There might be, but then you don't, you know, never, never, you never know if they're gonna be your size left. Uh, stuff like that. Just get in, get it done. Um, these are these are gonna be awesome. They're made by Endura. Uh, it's one of the uh, first, uh, custom orders that they're doing here in the U S they usually reserve it for, uh, for pro teams and stuff. So that's super, super cool. We're, uh, really psyched to be working with Endura on this same kit, uh, that movie star uses that level of quality. Um, they are, they're awesome. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got a sample Jersey over here and, uh, yeah, man, you can't beat this stuff. So, um, check that out, uh, get an order in if you can, um, if you can't just check out other shows on wideaglepodium.com, um, tweet out some support, tell your buddies, um, you know, share the links to the shows, you know, if you don't have, uh, finances to, to donate or to buy kits, you know, Hey, that's fine. There's other ways to support us and we appreciate all of it. Um, all right, I'm going to let you guys get back to the show because, uh, I've been rambling on for way too long. Uh, and uh, it's time to get to some Eric Saunders. So uh, here you go. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Life Podcast. 
right, so so we can make it quick. I apologize. I thought it was ten Eastern. Oh uh, no, Paul, don't no, don't make it quick. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm just saying, like, I got today's usually our conf, uh, 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 R and D call that can run real long, you know. So. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I needed that extra time to find my limited edition Eric Saunders T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> and there we go. And I had to dig deep for my Langdale cycling cap that I got in 2005 at the uh, Nature Valley Grand Prix from from you. I don't even I don't even have one of those, man. I don't have that. I'm bummed I lost my T-shirt. I think I told you I, I wore it at my bachelor party, <laughs> nice. and I sweated the shit out of it, man. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to locate these. Uh, my wife was pretty sure we had thrown them away, but never. We can't do that. <laughs> no, you, once you you know once you have a cycling cap, you have to have that cycling cap. That's just how it is. And I will say that I always get really uh, when I was when I was teaching school, I always got really disappointed whenever I got to the bottom of my white T-shirt drawer, and then it was the Eric Saunders shirt because I couldn't wear it with a light colored shirt because it would show through. Yeah. <laughs> kids would understand. That's true. Yeah, yeah. kids on those shit these days. <laughs> so, we, we we have the uh Eric Saunders, national champion on the podcast. Um and we're just we're just shooting from the hip uh tonight. So, Nasser, Mas- what were you Madison national champion? Yeah, with Jackson Stewart in 2003. It was a good time. It was fun. And that that was out in uh, what Frisco, Texas. You won that? No, that was a T town, man. You can't, you know, if you're gonna win a national championship on the track, the only track to win it on is T town. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Minnesota people. I know that's not cool, but we have a lovely track know, here. If, if you they they support, man. If they, if it's not high school football Friday night, it's T town Friday night. So you know, you really get, and they serve beer. It's it's out there and you also see all kinds of uh road rage the grabbing of handlebars throwing people underneath the uh wheels Great you know stuff. and that's why i had to stop going out there because it was just dumb dude you know and i'm and i'm gonna say it i mean like we won that national championship because the better riders didn't want to race like we did good and all you know it was you know i'm not gonna say we weren't on the level or whatever because you know they did try to take back the lap but basically, we got a lap, and they waited too long to try to take it back because one group of dudes didn't want anyone from the other group of dudes to win. You know what I mean? And then the next year is a year all that shit popped off where they're like crashing each other and you know fighting and all. And you could it, you could tell it was gonna go there. You know the the two years I was out there before, but but I tell you it was, it was cool and it was cool because like when I was a junior I went out and and, and watched um uh 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 so are people calling me man They're calling you I, I went out and watched a race and it was cool and I thought man I want to do this dude and uh and I, and I I finally did start racing Friday nights and I finally did do something cool out there with Jackson who doesn't talk who I don't talk to anymore by the way <laughs> Which is really disappointing. I thought we could ride some races together in our cool jerseys, but that didn't really work out. So, uh, that's a bummer. Was that your only? He's doing something cool though. I think he's doing he's doing something with the federation in in Europe with like their women's program or something. And um, you know, he's 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 cool. How many national championships did you win? Was that the only one? 
Just the only one, man. And I was an asshole, too. Nobody in my team liked me. I thought we were all friends and shit. But, like, then, like, after, you know, the team ended, like, none of them returned my calls anymore or anything. You know, because I used to say asshole shit to them. And I thought it was funny. I still think this kind of shit's <laughs> funny. But, like, Jackson didn't want to ride, right? He didn't want to ride the track. He didn't want to ride the Madison with me. And I basically, I basically told the team manager to make him do it. And the team manager made him do it. Like, he had to do it. Like, or else he was going to f- get fired or something. And he was blah, 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 blah. And I told him, I said, man, I will drag your ass kicking and screaming to the only national championship you are ever going to fucking win. Come race the race. And he did. What but I was- said that to him. That was fucked up. That was, that was not cool. <laughs> what, but it what, ended up being true. What team so was I was this? right. <laughs> On Ophoto. Ophoto? Yeah. Oh, man. Ophoto Lombardi Sports. Dude, that was fun, man. We it was that was a time in my life, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna I can uh, I have a story I can relate to that because actually I was a bike messenger back at that time when Ophoto kinda was around. And I, we used to flip through the Vela News and stuff and kinda follow cycling, but I didn't race. I didn't have really any interest in spandex and and that whole scene, you know, but I read an article in Vela News about Ophoto. Um, I don't know if it was an interview with you or just a, like a what, whatever it was, but um, you said something in the article that was like, man, being on a on a bike racing team is like being in a punk band. You just get in this van with these stinky dudes and you drive around all over the country and it's just like a party all the time. And I was like, I can relate to that. I've been in punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, maybe maybe bike racing is cool. Maybe I can put some spandex on. And and here I am, you know, ten years later, still racing bikes. So that was that was a big inspirational thing. That article, it's interesting. But is that why you don't wash your kit? Was that the inspiration to never wash your kit? It's, it's my punk rock roots, man. Like, <laughs> okay, I thought I, I thought quarters, it was just laziness. I got quarters for laundry machines all the time. Come on, I didn't know I it's because you because you were it's down. It's ramen you were, noodles, you so laundry. You know, you know. I think it was okay. because of that article, Spencer, that you kind of turned us all onto this, the enigma of Eric Saunders. It and was. Then, and then I think Bicycling Magazine ran a little, like, one of those little dumb paragraph stories that we read. It was like, oh, for a cool website, check out ericsaunders.com. And then that was just like every day we got to read the uh, – that was when websites were – when blogs weren't even blogs yet. Glorious <laughs> stuff. So – that's yeah. how Eric Saunders became the favorite bike racer, professional bike racer of the Minneapolis Bike Messenger Association. It was glorious. And you know what's you know what's funny? It's like I used to hang with the messengers in Richmond, Virginia. I was a messenger for two weeks. This dude <laughs> Jason Williams uh had to step out, so I took his place, you know, for two weeks um with his company. And it was a lot less bike riding than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> it really is. It's a yeah, lot of yeah. crossword puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of hanging out, you know, and it, it, we didn't do a lot of bike riding. But, dude, you know, like my whole approach to it in in the whole scheme of things, especially by the time I was racing in the U.S., like it was just that thing. I was more like a like a free ride mountain bike attitude racing in the road, and that definitely was not cool. You know, it definitely wasn't the way you were supposed to do it. I was definitely not professional, you know, and it definitely hurt me from having, you know, a better career. 
because I was perceived as someone who wasn't serious and, you know, the website definitely people weren't into, you know, and, and that was before really cycling news was just a list of results. Um, YouTube wasn't really even a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but, you know, Google hadn't bought it yet, I don't think. But it definitely wasn't what it is now. You didn't have access to the races, really, you know. And um, if you are a fan of racing, the only way you got any info was riders' websites. And, you know, John Hamlin, who, you know, Adam said less and less people every year know who I am and, like, even less people you know, times 10 to the 100th know who John Hamblin is every year. But, um, but he, he's the dude that started the whole rider website thing. Cause he went off and we had this whole wrestling thing and he had this, it was called the super fan pages. And it was me and, and, and Mike Jones and like Matt Spatek and all these dudes, you know, who were, who ended up being kind of good, you know, and, and we just had these stupid websites and, all the dudes that got on good teams, their teams made them shut the websites down. But no team I was ever on gave a shit if I had a website. <laughs> Although I did get have to take down some stories because they mentioned other people without permission and embarrassed people. Um, and I feel bad about that. That wasn't cool. But, uh, yeah, the website thing, I mean, these days it doesn't make sense to anybody who's young following the sport. Why would that be important? But, you know, back – they put in Pro Cycling Magazine – go to my website, ericsaunders.com. It's awesome. And at that time, my, my banner was like my face with like a bad MS paint juggernaut helmet no, 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 on remember. top of it. It was <laughs> fucked up. It wasn't right. You know, and now that's, that's the only way you could see anything in cycling that was remotely cool. Um, well, that's and I don't know how much us. has changed now because cycling certainly isn't a fun thing to go be a part of so we do yes and, it. yeah thanks for selling the sport but we do have um a couple of things uh, uh for you first off how much of, of you coming onto the slow ride podcast uh today has to do with adam Myerson saying you're no longer relevant no no part no part of it no part of it. all right no adam's cool he was just he, he was just teasing me i don't so, know, i don't even believe he actually said that though uh, yeah, I don't think. Oh, it so, so you didn't listen it. to the uh, the episode? <laughs> I did. He actually said. Less yeah, he less might people. have said that. Yeah, but not. <laughs> you know, that's slightly out of context. But yeah, he might have. He might have. Because then Tim said something about I was going to reclaim my relevance. Yeah, yeah I'm not. So, I'm not yeah. known for my uh, my accuracy. So I apologize on that. So you did mention you used to race in Europe before you came over to uh, the United States. Yeah, I did. It was like 19. Okay, like I was racing in juniors, and this was like 90, 91 on the mountain bike. Um, and I can't climb, and I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and the races are in the real mountains. And yeah, so I wasn't trying to do that. And then I uh, I started racing on the road, you know, because like Ned Overin and John Tomac and all those dudes did all their training on the road. And I just I just liked riding my bike hard. I like the I like the feeling of of pedaling hard i liked how much it hurt and how much it felt good at the same time you know um and it ended up being where like you know blah 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 you go up through the categories and at 98 like i was like the second ranked amateur on the nrc 
I got like top 10 at everything at nationals and, you know, got like 10th at Nevada city, which if you know, that race has a big freaking hill in it and was riding really, really good. And, um, uh, Doug Knox, who was the president of, of time USA got me a spot on, uh, the Vendée team, which is a big, you know, French amateur team, which later became, you know, bonjour and, and Europe car. And I went over there to race just because it was an adventure, not because I thought like oh, I want to ride the Tour de France. Because again, like I didn't care, man. I got you know in that year I got offered you know to to, to turn pro with a bunch of teams, and you know I just never was career minded with cycling. You know what what was the next? What was the coolest thing that was going to be the most different thing I could do? Was you know kind of how I went at it. But I ended up racing over there for three years and. You know, my, I did two years in that team. And then my first, my first pro team was kind of an accident. You know, I was supposed to ride for one team in the States and it fell through, but then I ended up in a, a Swiss team, which lasted a year, but that was fun. It was, it was cool. And I actually quit, you know, after that in 2001, I was just done, but then I didn't have anything else to do when they like live in my mom's <laughs> house, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so after that, you know, I trained, you know, I, I, I won some races in Europe and had some good, actual good results, I think, for me in, in Europe at that time, which we all know now is pretty you know infamous for how hard it was to get a good result. Um, you know, but then when I came back, I was like, man, this has got to be a party because I, I literally didn't want to live at my mom's house. And a team called me up and offered me some money to keep racing and I'd quit for two months and was maybe going to ride the track or something. I was like, I may as well go keep going. And I went, you know, kept going for another, what, five years, six years after that. So mm -hmm. I kept you on the road. Um, yeah. So that's cool. So you did some of the cool, like weird Euro races that, uh, nobody's heard of, but everybody loves kind of things. Uh, like the, uh, did you win a pig at Trobo Leone? No, I didn't win a pig. That's a dude. Uh, Adam Adam was talking about that on on Twitter, and that race is burly. I rode Trobro Leone in 1999. Um, and they, you know, our team was based not that far, and it was like a UCI. It might have been a 1.5 or, or something like that. Um, and a few amateur teams got to ride because <clears throat> our team was a, a Division One amateur team, and. Uh, that was burly and I, I was going good. I just, I had two flats and in Trobo Leone, you hit the dirt and I came back from a flat on the dirt. I was going, nice. you know, nice. I'm not going to say I was like a Fabian Cancellara type rider, but I was, a. I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of style that I had. I'm not mm -hmm. saying like I'm as good as him or ever was going to yeah, be like that. Like a, like a flat I couldn't get up a hill, you know, I couldn't get up a hill, but if it was flat, I could tear it up, but you know, two times flatting in that kind of a race wasn't so good, but that was a, you know, that was the first race in Europe where I thought, okay, I can do this. Like I can be, I can imagine myself doing this kind of racing, you know, every week. Cause that, that thing was rock and roll. That was a real bike race to me. Yeah. Nice. Was there a lot of people at that field, like race? Like, was it pretty magical? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, every race you go to when you're in Europe is a, is a really big deal. Like a lot of dudes don't get to have that experience that I had. And it was just because of a personal connection, um, that I had with one dude who had the ability to make something cool happen. Um, 
but you know, people, you know, people knew my name, you know, and I would be out training and some old French dude and, you know, blue coveralls riding his tractor in the fields is like, and I'm riding by, you know, like they know who you are, you know, on a training ride, you know, they know, they know who you are. And it was, it's really cool. And so even when you go to the pro races, they don't necessarily know who you are. Cause that, that year I, I got to start in a lot of UCI events. Um, but you know, it's a, it's different, dude. It's, I mean, you're riding down the middle of the damn road and, you know, just pumping like crazy and you never, you don't get that experience racing in the States. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk real quick about this uh, crit thing. Come on. You were, you were talking at Sea Otter about how, uh, you know, this whole multi-level dimension of uh, like pro cycling calendar, a national crit cycle, cycling calendar, and about how not every team was at the crit national championships and how that wasn't very exciting to you. That's true. There are 40, 40 guys in the race and was seven it, teams. The like, national crit champion wasn't even there. He was at Sea Otter, Daniel Holloway. Or No, he was the amateur dude. But, you know, but I think like guys like – so I'll go way back, dude, and I'm not going to like – go super far back because I don't want to bore everybody, but <laughs> no, you know, every week. <laughs> but at, you know, at a point, you know, USA cycling and a lot of back in my day, th- things may have changed, but I really feel like they were super insular about a lot of things. Um, and that was one problem. And another problem is they were really understaffed and not really able to fully integrate a lot of feedback. Um, and then the third problem I think that they had is they have people who are willing to shoulder a lot of burden and help, but they didn't have the feeling or understanding that they could coordinate a lot of people at the grassroots level and let them to do the work that they were understaffed or um, undereducated about to make the scene better for the people actually in the scene. You know, um, and one of those things that you know we could have done a long time ago is this is the time where like the NRC was kind of weird. And then they tried to do like this PCT thing or whatever they were trying to do with all the UCI races. And, you know, they called me up as like a, you know, like a team manager and asked me some feedback. And I've been talking to some dudes in the Federation, even as a rider and as a team manager after that. And they were like, what do you think? I was like, I'll tell you what I think. I think you guys need you guys need to have a, a a crit scene where you license top amateur teams, and they have that now. And I told them they should do that. And this is like in two thousand and eight, maybe two thousand and nine. And they're like, "Oh, what else?" I said, "Well, you need to have like an an NRC East, West, and Central, because there's only fifty guys doing the NRC period, and it's expensive." And you have a whole nother tier of regional teams that are strong with good riders that have no reason to participate in this. There's like a whole nother level of money that's invested in the sport with no way to come up to the top. So you need to do an NRC East-West Central so that the, the small UCI teams and the regional powerhouse teams can come to one race series throughout the year and that, and then you develop your top level stuff on top of it, you know. And they stay, they, they still don't do it right. I mean, just because I, you know, I don't know why. I'm, I'm no longer a, a, a student of it really, Did, but you, they, they still don't do stuff right, you know. Uh, Did you? Uh, and that's why we went to USA Crits. Ah, uh, do, do you we, feel we, a lot we, of? 
No one remembers feel- USA crits. Uh, USA crits are good. So, I, Eric, I, I, <laughs> do you feel ahead. a lot of pride in knowing that uh, basically the your team that you created out of thin air, which was Cycle Safe, and then became Time Development, and then Mountain Khaki, and now Smart Stop has the national champion? Is there any like sense of pride in that for you? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool, you know, and we started the team, like, basically, I'd, I'd quit, you know, I, I'd stopped racing because I had started having kids, and, you know, like, my daughter was born, like, the week before Redlands, and I was like, man, I'm done, I, I'm not going nowhere, I'm done with this, you know, I, and I'd slowly wound down, like, I, I didn't train, I, like, I think my training camp that year was the first day I rode two consecutive days in a row, like, <laughs> No, I, I stopped training. I, I stopped training style. after 2001. Like I would get excited if there were people watching. I would put in a six-hour ride, but I, I didn't. <laughs> I was just, I was just living the life, dude. That's that's all it was. But uh, but yeah. So after that, you know, I I really felt like, you know, the sport had given me so much. You know, I really felt compelled to give back to it. Um, and so I, I went to Jamie Bennett and, and John Hamlin was also involved at this time. I said, Hey man, let's, let's do a team. It's going to be an under 23 team. And, you know, and, and we got a bunch of people excited about it and we just sort of did it just cause I, we were in like Cadoba grill one day and I said, dude, let's, let's do it, man. Let's, let's, let's get it done. And then I said, you know, I brought in Pat Rains, uh, that year. And it, it, it went and it was cool and it was tough, you know, and eventually, you know, for some, so other reasons, I, I stepped out of that too. And it went on without me, but we got, we had it set up in a way that was, was really good, you know? And, you know, there, the other dudes, well, Jamie's dream was always really to have a really big, big team. And I was never really into it. So I wasn't the guy to take it to the smart stop level. I mean, I I wasn't interested in that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it it felt cool last year when they had such a big season because I know that Jamie really wanted to have a year like that where it was legitimate, you know, and and they were undeniably, you know, the top team. When it, when it came to who was going to perform on the day, you you couldn't no you could no longer not talk about that team, and I know that was really important to Jamie. And I know Pat felt really good about it. I know Adam felt great about it. Um, and so it was cool to see that. I wouldn't say that I wasn't proud for me, but I felt really – I knew what it meant to them. And it made me smile to see that they were finally successful in a way that they had dreamed of being. Does that make sense? No, totally. That makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. But I'm not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything, you know, like, you know, I, I was done with it by then. You know, when I, when I was doing the team, we sucked. No, we didn't suck. We won USA crits, you know, but the cool thing, what I'm most proud of when it comes to that thing is that, you know, we had a bunch of dudes, no one had heard of and got mm-hmm. second and fourth at U23 national road race championships. That to me was what it was about. It was like taking dudes that want to do, it. I mean, those dudes wanted to do it so bad. You know, it was like Jared Gruber and, you know, uh, Gut, uh, Dave Guttenplan and, you know, like Logan Loader was in the team and a bunch Solid. of dudes were in the team that just saw, yeah, we hired Solid Day later. I mean, we did, I did a good job hiring riders, I think, when it was my turn mm-hmm. to hire the riders. But it was cool to, 
to be with a group of guys that really wanted to do it, that had this energy to them that was really unfocused and just be like, if you want to be a bike racer, this is what it is. This is how you have to be. This is how you have to think. And it wasn't about like the training program. It was all mental. The first two years of that team was mental. It was all getting those dudes in the game, getting their minds right. And that was it. And, you know, and, and it ended up being, being really good for those guys who, who were involved. You know, that's the part I'm proud of. You, know, you hire a fast rider, of course he's going to win a bike race. But even SmartStop didn't come up that way because they still hired dudes no one knew what they were going to do. You know, so so even when they became big time, you know that still was an unknown quantity in a team. Nice. They were speechless. Well, I'm just I usually interrupt, so I'm waiting for little guy and Spencer to ask a question or two here. Nice. I, my only question was going to ask how how is it to have an actual Madison teammate? Because my Madison teammate was always Spencer, and he'd drop out halfway through a race. So what's it like oh, to like, do a whole Spencer, race that, and like, not see your teammate in the infield midway through the race? Dude, cool? Spencer, what? what you have to say for yourself? That's on, many that's occasions. Why am I on blast right now? This is this is my crimes of 2005. Come on, get out of yeah, here. probably 2006 too. It was like multiple years. You'd be well, like, I'll, do, say, I'll do it. Oh, never that's mind. why he's a cyclocross rider now. Five yeah, laps in. What I was going to say in. earlier was. When Eric was talking about riding the Madison, and uh, he may be the first person I've ever heard in my life, maybe the only person ever on the history of the planet to like have seen a Madison be like, "Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> that, that. That looks like a good time," you know. So it's the best, man. It, it is like you know, no. y'all know. It is. It is. There's a part in a in a race where it's like crunch time. It's really hard and everything you do matters. And the Madison is like only that part of the race. That's it true. starts <laughs> and it's pretty much that part of the race for the whole race. That's yeah. when Spencer it's, dropped it's out three laps in. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Podcast.